When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to College Loop Podcast, episode 102 of the College Loop Podcast. We are now getting ever so further away from episode 100 and the double digits. But Daniel, how you doing, buddy? Dylan, doing good. Good to be back. Sorry I've been MIA for a little bit. Unfortunately, I had to miss the, one, excuse me, the 100th episode. But if you notice, new backdrop for me, new place, moved into my... New place in Auburn for this year and next year. Um, so glad to be back on the Plains. You know, football's only about two and a half weeks away. So very, days. very, very excited. Yep. And just to – I'm going to rant for a little bit, Daniel, if that's okay with sure. you. Sure. So in the last episode, episode 101, we predicted, me and Tar, that Auburn was going to take down the Arkansas Razorbacks. And somehow this Auburn – Sports podcast ended up in Fayetteville, Arkansas, because we had a lot of a lot of hog fans in our comment section. One guy saying, "Y'all feeling loopy? Hogs gonna dominate? Woo pig suey?" And then put KJ is better than Cam, so he's Bro. he's on something already. And then I my favorite one is asking, "Is this a comedy show or a sports podcast?" I can't tell. Still laughing. I hope your team overlooks this in Fayetteville. To think Auburn is ahead of Arkansas right now is actually funny. You guys might win two conference games, and it won't be in Fayetteville. I can't wait to come back and show you guys how crazy you sound hyping a 4-5 to win team up. It's obvious you guys pander for views instead of being realistic. Now, Daniel, you've seen me IRL before, and you know that I don't just... Plenty of times. This whole get-up is not a show I put on for camera, right? It's not. I am a truther through and through. And growing up an Auburn fan, I can go ahead and tell you, I have never once in my life been terrified of the Arkansas Razorbacks. Not in my conscious being of an Auburn fan. I I was not conscious enough for the Jerry McFadden days. But 
I was conscious alongside for Gene Chizik and uh, the 2010 Gene Chizik and then Gus Malzahn basically owning the Hogs every single year that he was the Auburn football coach. I have never looked at the Arkansas Razorbacks as a true threat to the Auburn Tigers. And I have to thank y'all so much last year for getting the potato fired. But let me go ahead and tell Arkansas fans something real quick. Y'all are not a better program than Auburn is. Y'all might think so because y'all have a returning starter at KJ Jefferson and Rocket Sanders. But looking at y'all's transfer portal, transfer portal stats, uh, let's see. Auburn is returning, or Auburn lost 19 players to the portal, gained 21, which is a positive transfer in to transfer out ratio, which is good, really good, something you don't see very often. Arkansas, on the other hand, has lost 29 players to the portal, only picking up 18. That's a pretty substantial difference, if you ask me. Auburn finished fifth in the transfer portal ranking. Arkansas finished 11th. Now, looking at it like that, uh, Auburn already played it pretty close with Arkansas, I believe, and up until the very—I want to say the very—not not the very end, but it, it felt pretty close until it wasn't anymore last se- last season in that Arkansas game. Yeah, the 41-27 loss. Uh, but looking at it, Sam Pittman's not a better coach than Hugh Freeze. No. I don't care what anybody wants to say. Hugh, it, it's just not true. And then you look at the recruiting class coming in from the class 2023. Uh, Auburn found a way when everything was against him to finish 19th, Arkansas 27th. Now, just to let everybody know, the players that Arkansas lost – were some key wide receivers. They don't. Have, they didn't. Do not have a starting wide receiver returning from last year's team. They don't have Kendall Bryles returning for this team. This is not an Arkansas team that is going to be that pretty much deserves hype. I think they're going to prove to themselves very quickly that they are not the Ar- the Arkansas team that the Arkansas fans think they are. No. But that ends my rant. I just had to call out some some a fan base for once uh it's been a hot minute so i've been able to do that and tar's not here to tell me not to do it so <laughs> and again uh, another program that can't really say stuff about all comparing programs is all mess but that's neither here nor there but daniel we might have gotten some little bit of news regarding the auburn quarterback competition from our good buddy mike g who said in a quote and i'm trying to scramble through trying to find it so Mike G, no official announcement, but appears Hugh Freeze has made the difficult decision of narrowing this QB race down to Robbie Ashford or Peyton Thorne. <coughs> Excuse me. And he expects to see both of them play versus UMass. Now, going into last week, we heard a lot of smoke surrounding Holden Garner and pretty much assumed that he might have found his way up until up into the number two spot between him and Robbie thinking that Peyton Thorne may have fallen down a little bit in the totem pole after a very, very poor scrimmage on his part. But now it seems that Hugh Freeze kind of went back, watched some film, and it's kind of easy to say that maybe this just has something to do with game experience between the two guys that are left, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and you look at it, Holden just... I think he played maybe in one game last year, and I think he maybe threw the ball twice, if that. And you look at Robbie Ashford, the starter for at least most of the season, barring injuries and TJ Finley. 
And then Peyton Thorne, great season two years ago, pretty meh season last year, uh, but a guy who played in the against the top teams in the Big Ten. And Robbie Ashford, of course, played in the big big teams of the SEC. And these are going to be the two guys who are going to be battling out to see who comes on that field first versus UMass. And I got to be honest, I'm sticking with my guns, as I always do. I think it's Robbie Ashford. I think the RPO, I think his ability to run the ball, I think that gives Auburn just another level, uh, another threat to this offense that I think Auburn's wide receiver core is going to be good enough and the tight ends are going to be good enough that Robbie Ashford just has to be a competent, like an, an average passer while he's already a upper echelon runner. Yeah. And the argument that, Peyton Thorne could end up being the starter. I'm not, I wouldn't be too like terribly upset with it just because I think that what he can bring, I mean, a consistent passer would be nice. And just seeing what exactly he can do with his legs. But overall, I just, it's hard for me to say no to Robbie. It's just so hard to say no to him. Yeah. Um, I see what you're saying for sure. Like you, you make some very valid points. However, I just kind of, I don't know. It's hard for me to just like knowing what we know at this point, which granted isn't a ton. It's hard for me to kind of sign off on it not being Thorn right now. And so I'm kind of on the side where I think it'll be Thorn until Freeze says from behind a podium it's not. Um, I think that announcement will come very, I think it'll come soon. I don't think that it'll be one of those things where we find out at kickoff on. We, I don't think we'll find out at 2.30 p.m. on Saturday, September 2nd. I think we'll find out um, it could be tomorrow at Hugh Freeze press conference. Um, I'll be there live covering it, so follow me on Twitter. Or if Hugh Freeze does announce it, you can be the first to know. Or it could come, you know, next week or, you know, the week leading up to game day. But I don't think we're going to be waiting too much longer. Yeah, I, I think I said last show, I think it's going to be the week of. Uh, mm-hmm. You got you got to have another week or so to kind of go through the motions, go through some more drills, more a little some more trimages, just to really see who the team kind of vibes the most with. Uh, and, of course, the, the difference maker is who is the more consistent passer. Sure. But, and I, and I say that to say, I, I think that Peyton Thorne obviously is the more consistent passer. If he's able to get the ball out, in a timely manner, which we just heard from the last scrimmage. And I don't know if it was just, he just got the yips or something, but he was just holding on the ball too long, which you just can't do in the sec because if you hold the ball in the pocket for, I want to say more than uh, three seconds uh, and that's low balling or high balling, really, you're not going to, you're not going to have a fun time at quarterback. If you're just constantly getting pressured like that. No. And Robbie Ashford does bring the dimensions to the game where if the pocket does break down, he can get out of it. Sure. And that that's that's just what makes Robbie Ashford the difference between – and it was always going to be someone and Robbie, I feel like, mm-hmm. because that level of the game is just so important to what Hugh Freeze and Phil Montgomery have done in the past. And then you also bring in the fact that Hugh Freeze also had very – has had a lot of success with passing pass-first quarterbacks. Yeah. So it's always going to be Robbie Ashford versus – fill in the blank mm-hmm. just strictly because of what Robbie can do with his legs. Yeah. And again, yeah. And I know 
a lot of people want to say Thorn. I think Tar's in the Thorn camp or Thorn slash Holden camp. I think, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna say true. Uh, something about the the heart on the heart on your sleeve, uh, wearing your emotions out. Something about that kind of kind of gets to me. I, a lot of the quarterbacks that I w- I've watched in my lifetime that I've loved the most have all been guys who who are very emotional, very passionate when they play. And Robbie Ashford can do that. I just think he had and, and he has stepped up as a passer this this uh, this fall camp. And I mean. All Robbie, ha- I think Tar said all Robbie Ashford has to do is be an average quarterback, and Auburn's going to win at least seven games at the bare minimum. And mm-hmm. I think Robbie Ashford can do that and more with this team. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, and at the end of this week, we are going to hear another bit of news coming from another recruit, five-star defensive lineman, Camarian Franklin from Mississippi. And just to go through Camarian Franklin's twenty-four-seven. He is from Lake Cormorant, Mississippi. I hope I'm saying that right. He is six foot five, two sixty five. He currently has a lot of. He has some predictions. He has some crystal balls all to Auburn, and it's a guy who Auburn picked up some steam very quickly on 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 Cam, and it just was not a dude that we were expecting to see commit to Auburn two weeks or yeah, like two three weeks ago, and I think he came. He visited the day after Big Cat, I believe. And it just seems like Hugh Freeze just got to him right then and there, and uh, and a team that I I think Auburn was kind of not really in in his sights quite yet. It was more of I think Miami, Tennessee, and Ole Miss are all the other teams that he's like real warm with on twenty four seven. But Auburn has moved up so quickly that he is now Auburn is now the favorite to pick up the big defensive lineman and yet another five star potentially add to the class of 2024 which would be the third five star in the class and would bring Auburn up to 12th in the country that would be huge um I don't think anyone predicted Auburn to land three five stars in this class I think the goal is kind of one um and then a lot of these high four stars could potentially become five stars if things go right. Um, so that's definitely something that Freeze and company can hold their hats on. Yeah, and I mean, you talk about guys who can be five stars. I um, mean, you put Walker White and Joseph Phillips, uh, probably the two most likely guys. Uh, but I would probably put more money on Walker White getting up to that fifth star more than anything. Mm-hmm. But if you bring up bring another five star and a guy who's going to probably end up being starting – or playing very soon whenever he gets on the plant. I mean, that is just such a quick turnaround uh, for the recruiting, uh, for Auburn recruiting and just in general. And I don't think anyone's having as good of an offseason as Auburn is. And, and that's me saying that whenever Florida State and South Carolina and Florida are all having really, really big recruiting offseasons and I mean, look at what Auburn did last year. Now look at them just flipping guys left and right. George flipping from Georgia, flipping from Alabama, flipping from Miami, flipping from all these schools, flipping from LSU from the defensive back position. Just going left and right, taking guys out recruiting schools, out recruiting Nick Saban, out recruiting Kirby Smart. That's just something we were not expecting to see in what the first half year of of Hugh Freeze's tenure here and. I mean, it's only going to get better from here. Yeah. Um, if you're an Auburn Tigers fan, you're definitely excited. 
um, th- this would be huge. And kind of like I said earlier, no one really saw it coming. And I've kind of said from the beginning that this 2024 class, I, I really think it will make or break Freeze's tenure. Um, and he's doing everything he can to set himself up to make it. And you are not lying there because, I mean, with Camarion Franklin potentially coming into Auburn, that'd be the first time Auburn has seen uh, three five-stars in a class since I believe we said 2013, uh, where you picked up Matravis Adams, Carl Lawson, and Elijah Daniel, who I remember when we talked about him, uh, we had noted who Elijah Daniel was. So hopefully it's a little bit of a different story for the class 2024 five-stars, all three of them being huge names in the future for the Auburn Tigers. Mm Mm-hmm. Now switch over from teams of the future to teams of the, I guess you can say, you know, past. Garner Langelo, uh offensive lineman, has left the team for, I, I think they have not disclosed any reason for why he has. Uh, but Garner Langelo has left the team, and that leaves Jarquez Hunter as the only recruit from the class of 2021 still on roster for the Auburn Tigers. And, I mean... It shows a heck of a heck of a recruit to keep, and he's definitely the best one out of that entire class. Uh, I, did that even does that account for? Oh, that that even accounts for. Oh, no, it doesn't count for transfers. Only high school guys does not account for transfers. But yeah, just I I don't really know what to say about it. I mean, just I, he was running with the twos, I think, and uh, I don't know why he left. Uh, I'm not gonna say anything negative about him just for leaving, but. Jarquez Hunter being the only one from the class 2021 left, that that is a wild storyline to look at because that's what Brian Harson's first real class that he, that he uh, brought in. Yeah, um, that's pretty crazy to see. It's just kind of – I feel like really just once again goes to show how bad the Harson tenure was. Um, this class finished 19th in the country. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight, four stars. Um, guys like Demetrius Davis, who was at one point believed to be one, a potential, um, Auburn quarterback for the future. Um, he went to Alabama state, then just several guys who just didn't really pan out. And it's crazy. If you had told me that Jark was Hunter, who was, the let's see here i can't even find it whatever player nationally wasn't anywhere near the top of uh, auburn's class at all oh, here it is the number 706 706 player nationally um and to carve out the career he's had as the 43rd running back in the class the 12th player from mississippi and a 8685 247 sports composite that really says a lot about him yeah, and just about, I mean, when I said this is the first class Brian Harson brought in, this was Gus Malzahn's recruits that Harson just was able to retain. And I mean, even looking at the transfers, you only still have two left: Donovan Kaufman and Marcus Harris still on the roster. But all guys that are left are going to be big contributors to next year's team, especially Jarquez Hunter, who is looking to have a thousand-yard season plus. Uh, going into the, the 2023 season. And now to go into some more predictions. We have, we have been doing a lot of predicting around here. And 
I got to say, me and Tar are sitting pretty at eight and two going into New Mexico State, and we'll be cover- previewing that game next week. Daniel, you're over there at six and four going into the last two games of the season, and Colin is chilling at seven and three going to the last games of the season. But I can say that we're all pretty much well. You're pretty much. You might be on. You, I don't think you're on pace with. 24-7, but 24-7 sports has Auburn finishing with a 6-6 six and six record next season. With Get this. Wins over Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Cal, but the Tigers losing to Vanderbilt. Hmm. That's make certainly that, a make that makes sense. Yeah, make no, that make sense to me. I mean, you know, I can't. <laughs> I mean that that's just a wild take. Uh, I'm looking around and only two SEC wins for the Tigers uh being Mississippi State and Ole Miss. So you 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 lose to A&M, Arkansas, Georgia, Bama, LSU and Vanderbilt. But you beat the Mississippi schools. That's that is crazy to me. Yeah, that's it's one of those, like, when I saw that, I was like, did I read that right? But I guess I did. Yeah, another prediction that came out, not 24-7, but from Dekeo Spikes, he has the Auburn Tigers going 7-5 and five with losses to A&M, Georgia, LSU, Arkansas, and Alabama, and having wins over UMass, California, or Cal, Sanford, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, and New Mexico State. Honestly, I I agree with his more, uh, but I do think Auburn is going to beat Arkansas. Uh, I would like to yeah. see more win on there. I don't think Auburn loses to both AM and Arkansas. No. I, I think eight and four. Um That's kind of where I'm at. Well, Daniel, if you're sitting at eight and four, you know what that means, right? That what does that mean? That means you gotta pick Auburn to beat New Mexico State. And Alabama. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that might be enticing to hear for a the two week uh, two week wait to the Iron Bowl preview. <laughs> but yeah, uh, overall, Takios I I can agree with a little bit more. Uh, it's more because I love Takio spikes. Uh, I would just say make one of those A and M Arkansas games a win, and then I I'm okay with it. Seven and five. I think Auburn's better than I think seven and five is the floor for this Auburn team. Mm-hmm. But yeah, tune in to the next show where we're not previewing any more positions, but I guess we're going to find something else to talk about football-wise uh, next show because we've already finished up all the predictions. But dang, how are you feeling right now, man? You know, today was the first day of class. Luckily, I didn't have any. But, you know, tomorrow I have an 8 a.m. So, you know, that's a little, uh, but yeah. Ask me how I'm feeling about that. Yeah, how do you feel about that? A little bit loopy. Feeling a little loopy, but Daniel, do I have the shirt for you? The, go to the warport.com and look to the shop where you can find the Feeling Loopy shirts available in five colors. Navy, Heather Navy, Black, Heather Black, oh, and Gray. All available for your purchasing. They are comfy. They are awesome. I wear mine all the time. Sadly, I'm not wearing it right now because it is currently in the washing machine because I wore it 
yesterday. And these shirts are awesome. Daniel's got one. I got one. My girlfriend's got one. Tar's got one. And that's four people who can tell you right now that it is extremely comfortable. And if you get your own Feeling Loopy shirt, we will feature you on the show. Just post it on on, uh, on Twitter. Hashtag Feeling Loopy. And we will feature you on the show whenever you do that. But, yeah. Daniel, how do you feel about talking about some basketball right now, man? Man, it's never too early to talk about some basketball. So ESPN released their way too early top 25 rankings. And the Auburn Tigers are nowhere to be seen. You got teams like Alabama at 22. You got, well, I count Texas. Texas A&M at 19. You got Kentucky at 17. Arkansas at 14. Tennessee at 8. And that's about all the SEC schools. But you got Kansas, Duke, Purdue, Michigan State, UConn, Houston, and Gonzaga in the top seven. But no Auburn anywhere. You know, I can't really say I'm surprised. Um, obviously not the best finish to the regular season last year. Um, some might say they overachieved a little bit in the NCAA tournament, um, got out first round, could have gotten out the second round. Um, if they had done that, I think this team would be ranked a little. Maybe they would have cracked it, but I still feel like um, once the official AP poll comes out, I think Auburn will be in that receiving vote section, probably somewhere between 35 and 40 would be my guess. Yeah, and I mean, you brought in a lot of transfers. Aiden Holloway, the true freshman. I, I do I do find it interesting that Southern California is chilling there at 21 with the introduction of the Bronny James era. And by era, I mean one year yeah. <laughs> of Bronny James, uh, a guy who will be in Auburn this season. So if you're not already, find a way to get tickets to that game because yeah, it's going to be a packed-out Neville Arena. Probably yet another Pearlville, probably. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely a Pearlville-level game. Yeah, um, it being during winter break will probably hurt the student crowd a little bit, but not too much. Um, I, I would agree if it was anyone if if Bronny James was not going to be in attendance of, or not going to be in the game because players like like you have a chance not a chance but maybe maybe LeBron James does show up you know yeah but yeah uh, I I think if Auburn is anywhere I, I like. I wouldn't probably say 35 to 40, I'd probably say 30. I think Auburn, I think Bruce Pearl, the Bruce Pearl effect alone keeps Auburn pretty close to the 25th spot. Mm-hmm. But to keep it hoops related, women's basketball just, I believe, just wrapped up their European vacation. They did. Uh, with yet another win, a 64 to 59 win over the Monaco Basketball Club, where yet another, I believe, Three players hit double digits, and Taylor Collins and Savannah Scott almost got there. Austin Scott Grayson led the Tigers with 12 points, four assists. Marshawn Bostic and Caitlin Duhon both hit 10. Taylor Collins, nine. Savannah Scott, eight. And then you have, I'm going to butcher this, Oyendamola Akinbola. Akinbola. Daniel, you got that one? Is that something you might know how to say? Um. Uh, I know people close to the team who just call her O. All right. O with nine rebounds and six points, all coming after halftime. Bostic, seven rebounds. Duhon had five steals. McKenna Eddings had four steals. 
and just a, a defensive presence shown all over the place by a team that's looking like they could cause a little bit of chaos in the SEC this season in the, what, the third season of Coach J? Yep, year three. Yeah, so uh, where, where do you go from here? Where do you build off of here? Um, You know, trips like this, every coach always says, like, it's just great for team chemistry. Um, so you really build on that and hope that you can keep developing that as you've still got about three months, give or take a few days, uh, probably a little less. They'll probably tip off around early November. Um, or I'm sure the schedule's out. I'm too lazy to look right now. <laughs> but I imagine tip-offs a single-digit day in November for the first game. So, you know, you just kind of find a way to keep improving and, you know, try to, you know, build on what you did last year. Yeah, and schedule's not out quite yet, uh, oh. at least on the website. Uh, but Auburn did find a way to force 27 turnovers versus Monaco. And if, I'm not that big of a basketball nerd, but uh, I believe 27 is way, way, way more than any team wants to really give up. And I think one is too much for some coaches. But 27 turnovers turn into 22 points. And Auburn women's basketball, I mean, if I had to grade their chemistry right now, probably after this week, uh, last what two weeks, three weeks, uh, playing all these teams and going having their little trip. I'd say their chemistry is probably really high right now, especially going into a season where you're expecting some level, like some high level of uh, of improvement and maybe potentially a NCAA tournament berth for Coach Jay. But with that, Daniel, let everyone know we can love you, find you, and support you. You can follow me on the Bird app, or now the X app, I guess I should say, at Daniel J. Locke. You can catch my written work for the Auburn Daily for Raves today, both two of Fan Nation or Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation properties covering the Auburn Tigers and Atlanta Braves. Or you can catch my written work for 1819 News. Um, a lot of cool stories coming out later this week, so stay tuned. Yeah, and of course, I'm Dylan Lark at you the Tank on Twitter. If you're looking for it, it's just right there. Awesome description below as well. And while you're down there in the description, go ahead and click the link for the War Report shop where you can get your own Feeling Loopy shirt. And of course, while you're down there, also leave some comments for us. There's some questions. we Last episode, we brought all of y'all on, per se, and we loved it. It was a lot of fun. So leave us some comments, leave some hot takes, leave some bold predictions, and leave us some theoretical Thursday stuff. We love doing that over here at The Loop. And if you want to follow us, you can follow us literally everywhere. Twitter, slash X, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and right here on YouTube where you should subscribe and ring that bell. And if you want to listen to us, if you're tired of seeing our faces, you can go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and pretty much everywhere you get your podcasts. But with all that being said, Thank you for getting us well over 500 now, I believe. We are now in 512 as I am recording this, as we're recording this. And again, episode 102, we love y'all dearly. Thank y'all. And again, with all that being said, it's been the College Loop Podcast.